0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, What Does Romans Chapter 13 Say About Exhortation to Love Neighbors? I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, January 17th, we ended our study of the first of three topics found in Romans 13. It was the final look at the first topic in Romans chapter 13, titled, Submission to Civil Government. We asked the question, where are we today in pandemic life and a very fast-changing world? For it would seem, at least, that this issue is flipping to support the evil and to punish the good. Does this sound like Bible prophecy you may have read or even may have heard? It should. The real question is, when will such a thing certainly happen? If we are not there, we are close. My personal opinion is that we are closer than some would like. I do believe, At the very least, our time is running out. This week, we look at Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Our new subject in these verses is Exhortation to Love Neighbors. That should sound like some other Bible passages and the Ten Commandments. Romans is not the only book in the Bible where it is recorded that we need to love our neighbors. Starting here through the rest of the chapter, Talking about legalism and pandemic life is getting more difficult regardless of which of the two you wish to examine. One must first ask, how does Romans chapter 13 speak of legalism and pandemic life? Neither is mentioned specifically in this passage, as some have said it does. As yet, we have not found anything in this chapter of Romans to indicate however thin or thick the veil may be, with regard to pandemic life. It has been said this passage blatantly addresses both legalism and pandemic life, yet we have yet to make a firm case for either. Now, we find a change in the topic here in Romans chapter 13. So, let us dig in some more to further see if what we are told by these pastors and teachers really is true. Our verses read, O no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Notice that last statement. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law isn't that an interesting fulfillment of the Ten Commandments? Is that not what the Ten Commandments speak of in their totality? Or, as we would say today in America, isn't that the bottom line? When the Bible uses the word neighbor, it does not mean just the person or people across the hall in your apartment building. Does it mean just? The person or people across the street where you live? In a one-word answer, no. Everyone you come in contact with is a neighbor. Imagine what this world would be like if we thought of those we do not know as a neighbor instead of a stranger, no matter where they lived. The color of their skin does not matter. The way they talk does not matter. They are only a neighbor we have yet to meet. What would our world be like today if that were the way we think? Someone we do not know is a neighbor we have yet to meet. Notice the comment in verse 10. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Notice also this is framed in this passage starting in verse 8. There is also It says, For the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Then, in verse 10, we also read, Love is the fulfillment of the law. We are getting ahead of our study a bit. So let's go back to verse 8. Commentary on verse 8 tells us this, O no man anything! From the payment of dues to magistrates, the apostle proceeds to a general exhortation to discharge all sorts of debts, as not to owe the civil magistrate anything, but render to him his dues, so to owe nothing to any other man, but make good all obligations, whatever, as of a civil, so of a natural kind. There are debts arising from the natural and civil relations subsisting among men, which should be discharged, as of the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband, parents to their children, children to their parents, masters to their servants, servants to their masters, one brother, friend, and neighbor to another. Moreover, pecuniary debts may be here intended, such as are come into by borrowing, buying, commerce, and contracts, which though they cannot be avoided in carrying on worldly business, yet men ought to make conscience of paying them as soon as they are able. Many an honest man may be in debt, and by one providence or another be disabled from payment, which is a grief of mind to him. But for men industriously to run into debt and take no care to pay, but live upon the property and substance of others is scandalous to them as men, and greatly unbecoming professors of religion, and brings great reproach upon the gospel of Christ from the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. This commentary passage needs some further examination as it speaks all too well to today's world where indebtedness, leastwise in America, is huge. In America today, many everyday individuals like you and me run up debt beyond their ability to pay the indebtedness back to the one who loaned the money. We know, even without the Bible, indebtedness is wrong when we extend ourselves beyond our ability to pay back the one who has loaned us any sum of money, small or large. It is also further wrong to borrow with little or no intent to pay back the one who loans the money. Now, I will be perfectly clear. In America, you need a car to get to work. Yet, without work, you cannot afford a car. So, you need to incur debt so you can buy the car on payments over time so you have a vehicle, most likely a used one at first, To get to a job so you can now pay for the vehicle you are driving. Yes, absolutely. If you could somehow avoid indebtedness to buy a car, you should do that. But for the majority of working Americans, this is not the reality they live in. They must go into indebtedness so they can buy a car. Most likely used if it is their first car, to get a job that will help them pay for it. If this seems circular, it is. Therefore, the reasoning for the caution here in the Bible is not to get caught in that circular way of owing money any more than one must in order to live a good and godly life. Notice what commentary said. Moreover, pecuniary debts may be here intended, such as are come into by borrowing, buying, commerce, and contracts, which though they cannot be avoided in carrying on worldly business, yet men ought to make conscience of paying them as soon as they are able. What are pecuniary debts? They are, quoting, of. Pertaining to or consisting of money. End quote. The second meaning is, quote, of a legal offense involving a money penalty or fine. End quote. So that first sentence, to the first comma, in commentary reads, with the word meaning inserted. Moreover, pertaining to or consisting of monetary debts may be here intended. So let's read that commentary passage again with the word meaning instead. It now reads, Moreover, pertaining to or consisting of monetary debts may be here intended, such as are come into by borrowing, buying, commerce, and contracts. That has a very now ring to it. It sounds like life here today many people are saddled with indebtedness. As an aside, many pastors and teachers teach that owing anything, not living debt-free, is a sinful act and a sinful way of living. Yet, borrowing, paying over time, is very necessary in this world today, leastwise in America, in order to afford much of what we need to live life Normally, we all need a car to get to work. Many of us, whether that car is new or used, will have to take a payment method, such as a loan, to pay the car over time. Very few Americans can pay for a car outright so they owe nothing because of how much automobiles cost. Our problem comes when we allow our indebtedness to exceed our ability to pay or, like some, simply outspend our ability to pay, assuming no responsibility to pay what is owed to a particular lender or lenders. Americans then plead for legal assistance. Then, lenders will usually take a fraction of what is owed as payment. This is not how debts are paid. This is not what this passage and commentary are talking about. We are talking about the responsibility that is upon one receiving the loan. The bottom line of this portion of Scripture is that we should never out-borrow our means we have to pay that loan back to the one lending. Let me close this portion with this commentary passage. For men industriously to run into debt and take no care to pay but live upon the property and substance of others is scandalous to them as men and greatly unbecoming professors of religion and brings great reproach upon the gospel of Christ. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. Verse 9 reads, For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are summed up in this, Love your neighbor as yourself. On this, these commentary points read, This law of love would prompt us to seek our neighbor's good That fact, that our salvation is near, would prompt us to be active and faithful in the discharge of all the duties we owe to Him. If there be any other commandment, the law respecting parents, or if there be any duty which does not seem to be specified by these laws, It is implied in the command to love our neighbor as ourselves. If this command were fulfilled, it would prevent all fraud, injustice, oppression, falsehood, adultery, murder, theft, and covetousness. It is the same as our Savior's golden rule. And if every man would do to others as he would wish them to do to him, all the design of the law would be at once fulfilled. And yet, in modern-day living, not so much. Many people use fraud, injustice, oppression, falsehood, theft, and covetousness for their own personal benefit and even gain. It is an unfortunate way in which many humans live and operate in everyday life as we live it today. The question then is, even if you are what you call born again, are you trying for both halves of the pie? To appear as a good child of God while dealing in fraud, injustice, oppression, falsehood, theft, and covetousness? Or any one or any number of these? Scripture is quite clear on this subject that it is not a place to be at all. Commentary closes the subject with this It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is the summary and epitome of them. So Christ reduces the laws of the first table to the head of love to God, and those of the second to the head of love to the neighbor, as the apostle does here. Now, verse 10 reads, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans, chapter 13, verse 10. Did you notice the last sentence? It read, Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So what commentary told us earlier is true. If every man would do to others as he would wish them to do to him, all the design of the law would be at once fulfilled. Can you see that consistency in Scripture and commentary? That was the surprise I was talking about when I asked the question and or commented about this passage today having a surprise. The question then is, what are we going to do about our lives today? so that we walk more fully in this state of love, one to another. Maybe this commentary passage from Barnes' New Testament Notes will provide an answer. Love would seek to do him good. Of course, it would prevent all dishonesty and crime towards others. It would prompt to justice, truth, and benevolence. If this law were engraved on every man's heart and practiced in his life, what a change would it immediately produce in society? If all men would at once abandon that which is fitted to work ill to others, what an influence would it have on the business and commercial affairs of men? How many plans of fraud and dishonesty Would at once arrest? How many schemes would it crush? It would silence the voice of the slanderer. It would stay the plans of the seducer and the adulterer. It would put an end to cheating and fraud and all schemes of dishonest gain. Where are you today in your walk with God in today's world, pandemic life? Or not. Next week, we will continue and finish our look at the last four verses of this chapter. We will see, in the last four verses, any reference to pandemic life. Yes, we have found there is support of legalism, but not quite as it would seem at first read, and so far, nothing about pandemic life. Play or download next week's episode, What Does Romans Chapter 13 Say About Motivation to Godly Conduct, from one of our podcast hosts. Or, follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow! This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched currently an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsafe, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us who we are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is also found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, U.S. time. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.